It's a beautiful night. Oh, oh, it's a beautiful night. I don't know why that was the one. I I was going to go with Billy Joel also. Uh, I, you know, whatever. Hey, what's up, beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. You know what it is. It's the National Wrestling Alliance. And you know who these jokers are. My boy, Will. Yo. Do you wait in anticipation of which one I'm going to call first? Uh, well, I know in your heart it's always uh, me first, but and I know if you get if you announce Rob first, that's just kind of like a it's a gesture to like let uh, him know, like, hey, you're here too, bud. We, you're still we part see. of this. We see. Yeah, you. my self esteem is high enough that I can I can I can take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Mister Mister Positive Mental Attitude, there is Doctor Rob Stinson. Hey, Rob. Hi. <laughs> How's your how's your PMA? When uh, I was in, very positive. Yeah, I, when I was in school, we had this uh, summer thing we would do, uh, like oh, a, like camp. Well, it wasn't a camp. It was like <laughs> it was like they would take us to the high school. It was what I said, elementary school, and we would do like different classes. Like take I don't know, like there was a Spanish class. You know, before that was like part of curriculum. So we would take like Spanish or like uh, uh, what's the fancy writing thing? Not uh, I keep thinking calligraphy. Yeah, God, okay. I couldn't think. Of, I'm not, anyway, we just had to do all this stuff. But anyway, the the psycho part of it was we would have to go to the auditorium auditorium before each session and after, and the lady up front would always be like, "How's your PMA?" And everybody would have to yell back, "Boy, am I enthusiastic!" <laughs> that sounds like Donnie Darko junk right there, man. That sounds like yeah. it sounds like you were you were in a cult, bro. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna suggest we introduce that to the show, but uh, fear and love. Graph that on the fear and love matrix, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, fine. Oh well, shout out to everybody who's already joined us. I see Brian Rosas here and already ornery as hell. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Darren LaPointe, Woodland Goblin, Front Row's here, RJ's here, Scooby's here, The Nation Show is here, everybody's here. We we love you all so very, very much. And today has been a full day of wrestling. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm working from home again, so I've actually been able, all day for me has been wrestling, because I caught up on Monday Night Raw, I watched it. Uh, and I watched NXT from last week, and uh, but what I looked forward to most was AEW Dark tonight because of La Mera Mera and Lindsay Snow appearing, and uh, then also United Wrestling Network's Primetime Live, which is what we always do on Tuesday nights, and especially this week because uh, our, our most look forward moment or look forward to moment would be the American Kaiju Lindsay Snow. We put her over constantly on this show. So you got a double dose of her. You're getting a double dose of La Mera Mera this week. And, uh, well, I mean, we could jump into it. Where, where should we start? Should we talk about AEW Dark first? Like, that was the first thing that happened. Uh, yeah. Makes sense, man. That's... Yeah, and, and we don't have to talk about the whole show right now. Just basically, uh, we got – the second meeting of the American Kaiju, Lindsay Snow, and La Mera Mera. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Lindsay Snow had an awesome match. I thought, 
a lot shorter than the initial one at Mission Pro Wrestling. I recommend anybody who wants to see these two really go at it. Uh, you, you check out Mission Pro Wrestling's Hell Hath No Theory, available right now on the Title Match Network. I actually, somebody posted a link on YouTube. I don't want to, you know, take away any buys from the Title Match Network, but they might have just thrown it up there. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was a longer style match. This match was definitely not meant to be like a main event match, but these two still brung it. And uh, both of them had amazing entrances, great wrestling all the way around. Uh, Lizzie Snow was not able to take Thunder Rosa in their second meeting either. And uh, she goes down to the uh, sit down. Was it Michinoku driver style thing that she does? Um, anyway, and uh, gets the one, two, three Thunder Rosa victorious headed into tomorrow night where she'll be taking on Serena Deeb for the NWA Women's Championship. Uh, Rob, I'll throw to you first on this one, just as a nod to recognize you as part of this show. Um, <laughs> what do you think of uh, AW Dark, the meeting between uh, Lindsay Snow and, and Thunder Rosa? Uh, very, very solid match. Uh, again, I mean, it, it, you know, the uh, I expect more matches in this series. This is has the makings of a fantastic rivalry, and I think uh, in the history that's to come between them, you're going to see Matches go both ways. Um, right now, uh, uh, Thunder Rose is up two to nothing in the series in a very about a I'd say about an eight nine minute match. Uh, again, very solid, technically sound. Everything was clean. Uh, I like. I was going to mention the entrances. They you can't match these ladies for uh, entrances. Uh, um, American Kaiju comes out with that music. She just looks good. She's got that freaking strut that she does. You know, just looks very intimidating. Lamara Mara comes out uh, waving that beautiful. Um, cross U.S. Mexican flag. This very flag that I have behind me. This actually, this one is actually signed by Thunder Rosa right there. And uh, she, um, they, they, nobody puts on a show like these two. Again, uh, you, you've heard me say it. I think uh, I'm, Lindsay Snow did not get reflected in the in the latest issue of, uh, of the latest PWI 100 Women's. And you know, we, you can take that or leave it. She'll be more active, and she'll definitely be in there. Uh, in the next uh, issue of that, when that comes out next year. But you're talking about two of the best at the top of their game right now. These women are at their peak. They're at, they're they're good. They Everybody can always improve, but these women are as refined as it gets. They're both a technical submission-based wrestlers with MMA backgrounds, and you see that play, again, a very, very clean match. There, was, there were a couple of other really good matches on Dark tonight. Uh, we saw um, uh, uh, Gracia. Uh, a Mission Pro uh, athlete uh, wrestled tonight, too. Uh, so it, it was a treat. But this match, again, that's why I tuned into Dark tonight uh, to see this. And they did a fantastic job. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of Thunder Rosa versus uh, Lindsey Snow. I think this has the makings of being a Flair Steamboat, a Flair Dusty, uh, a, a feud along uh, – not necessarily a feud because they don't really hate each other, but a, a rivalry, a rivalry along those lines. Uh, so – Top notch. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, it it was incredible as we've come to expect from both these ladies. Um, I I would even say, too, you know, regarding the length of the match, uh, not every match has to be a a 30 minute match. You know what I mean? And and I know we enjoy that. And when the stakes are high, we want to see that when it's a true prize fight. Um, But sometimes when it's a grudge match like this, 
you know, a, a good seven, eight minute match is really all you need to tell a good story. And and if any two ladies can step in the ring and tell a story in that amount of time, it's it's the American Kaiju and Thunder Rosa. So they did a great job. It was definitely a highlight of the show. I watched most of the show tonight. was really impressed. Um, I don't usually watch AEW Dark, but obviously I had motivation to watch it tonight and thought it was a great show, man. They're giving, um, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but they're giving you know, spotlights to a lot of different people. And um, the the same way that we get to with, with primetime live, I felt like I was, you know, exposed to a lot of new talent and really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the presentation. I thought it was uh, really well done. And, you know, I'll tell you too, the, um, the, uh, <laughs> the show with Britt Baker was one of the highlights for me too, man. That was so old school, very, you know, Piper's pit, you know, barbershop, uh, esque type uh, segment and uh, she's incredible she has uh, her heel turn and then subsequent mic skills that she has been dropping over the past few months has been uh, a bright spot in aew and so i thought that was a really cool segment um but the show was really interesting i you know i might start watching it regularly just to to have something to you know again get exposed to some new new talent and and to see some really good wrestling but uh yeah i mean lindsey snow and, and thunder rosa they put on a banger like we knew they would yeah and i don't think every match has to be you know exceptionally long i think it's just the build-up in my mind of wanting to see them but hey that's part of a presentation too. leave them wanting more i guess so um this well, was, and I just think we're used. I think we're used to it with with Thunder because I mean she's had title match after title match after title match, and you you don't you know as as you shouldn't you're not going to see a, a six minute title match. I mean those are going to be contenders. It's going to be a prize fight. It's going to uh, you know be a a, a a definitive match. So um, it's just we haven't gotten to see that from Thunder. So it was just a different scenario. Uh, I would also like to point out that her finisher is called the Thunder Driver. I apologize. This is a theme on Sunday and today that I can't think of words, calligraphy earlier and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong. I, it's Alzheimer's or age just in general, and I'm I'm drinking water right now. It's that's probably water. what it is. Get you some whiskey. Yeah, man. I know. Need the whiskey to to get right. I got to get ready for the show. For yeah. Fix yourself, Gary. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, we'll jump into UWN Primetime Live. And uh, I don't – well, if you guys haven't caught it, you should check out our interview with Todd Kennelly. Uh, Rob and I got to sit down with him this past week and have a good long conversation, about an hour and a half long, and had a few little audio hiccups. But uh, I think the interview turned out good, got some great insight on commentary and that sort of thing uh, and the behind-the-scenes of uh, United Wrestling Network. And, hey, maybe – Maybe it's the last time you'll hear from Todd Kennelly because he was <laughs> on assignment today. So. <laughs> oh. went, evidently, after the interview, he went and got some professional development. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Marquez pulled him into the office and was like, look, look bro. <laughs> oh, man. it's uh, <laughs> like, Don't talk to those guys anymore. Well, sorry, Dave Marquez. I hope, I hope uh, you forgive us. I don't well, it, it can't be us because I mean we had Danny Limelight on and he's been on every show since he was on our show, so it's not us. That is <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Look at that. Hey, we'll touch hey. your screen right there. If you touch your finger to ours, feel the power. 
I don't know why my camera's getting out of focus. Who cares? All right. Well, uh, the so on the call tonight, you had well, welcome back, uh, Alyssa Marina. It's good to see yes. her. Yeah, we've been asking for her. We talked about her with Todd, and I guess then they brought her in to replace him. And uh, then uh, James Kincaid, I think I got that right this time, and Bulletproof Troop. Uh, that's Blake Bulletproof Troop on the call. And uh, good good for Blake Bulletproof Troop, though. So you know his legitimacy. He's just coming off Saturday winning the Billy Robinson like open uh, catch wrestling tournament, like a legit uh, wrestling tournament. That guy is... Uh, a badass, and so he's uh, back on the mat and proving it every day. Uh, he'll talk more about that when he sees Lindsay Snow. I think he, I think she made a new fan out of Blake Bulletproof Troop tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the very first match we got out of UWN Primetime Live, of course, we got our green screen intros we all know and love. We got Keita Murray versus Slice Boogie. Uh, my notes from this one personally were just that Keita's really quick. He's got some sneaky kicks. Looks good, agile. Uh, and as uh, Blake Troop put it, uh, Slice Boogie is a bruiser. And uh, so that was kind of the story of this match. These guys were back and forth pretty much the entire time. Lots of near falls. Uh, neither man seemed to be able to keep the other one down. Uh, Slice uh, even finds this really awesome driver he does uh, on Nikita. And uh, Kita kicks out of it. I thought that was the one, two, three. It shows that Kita has a lot of heart. Didn't pay off, though. Keita tries to get some momentum, but runs right into the Statue of Misery for the one, two, three. Your winner is Slice Boogie in the opener of UWN Primetime Live, episode 10. Will, any thoughts on this matchup? Um, you know, it was the type of opener we, we've come to expect from UWN Primetime Live. A, a, a good match, not, um, at least for us, not, not a ton of backstory, um, but, you know, they told a good story in the ring and uh, got you bought in. Um, I, I, I personally, and this will probably resonate with Rob. I, I personally just can't uh, focus on slice boogie because I hate the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> he is, my line, dude. And he, and he is, uh, yeah, he's, he looks like he, he would play for the Mets with, with his gear. Um, but uh, you know, that, uh, it's a couple of times that we've seen him on primetime live and he's been impressive. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good, uh, good way to start the show off again, just to kind of ease into it and uh, have, have a, a really good entertaining wrestling match. Um, going back to the beginning of the show, they always start out as, as we've seen with the opening promos. And I think that I, first of all, let me say that, I, I like Keita. He looks good. He can go in the ring. Slice Boogie can also. I think Keita needs some work on the mic a little bit. Um, he, uh, there there were parts in the in his opening promo. And I don't know if they you know if they just get one crack at it. I probably would have tell, have, have him crack at it again one more time. There was a couple of words that he jumbled up and some things that were a little convoluted. Uh, wasn't the best thing, especially if this is a guy that that's going to get a push. He really needs to clean up his mic uh, work a little bit. But, you know, it, it is what it is. The match wasn't terrible, uh, fairly well-paced. I was just so preoccupied with those doggone Mets tights the whole time, man, which made me root for Keita because I was like, I was, tough, man. I was like, gosh, man, I freaking hate his tights. Why is he <laughs> – why do you just uh, immediately alienate everybody who doesn't live, you know, in in, in, parking, <laughs> in yeah. the country? So uh, – However, I will say that Slice Boogie uh, uh, 
had some chain wrestling in there. And I love that they referenced the chain wrestling. And, and those of us who like, who like really get into this and study the vernacular and the terminology and different styles and all that understand this uh, wrestling from, from maneuver to maneuver to maneuver in quick succession, almost like chess again, that's been coming up here a lot recently. So it was really, uh, he, he did a good job. And of course, you know, Boogie with the big wind falling, I guess they call it the statue of misery. Um, and uh, anyway, I actually rated this um, on a very solid card, so I don't want anybody to, to, to take this the wrong way, but I rated this the fifth out of five matches tonight uh, for substance. Uh, but that doesn't mean it was terrible. You had a lot of really good matches tonight, so this was probably my least – I was the least invested in this one, and uh, I probably would have been more if it weren't for those doggone Mets type types. <laughs> <laughs> Rock says in the chat, pointing out that uh, for them on pay-per-view, he's ordering it on a uh, traditional pay-per-view or in demand, and uh, it's just coming on over there. So, uh, well, we're happy you're here with us, Rock says, even though we're we're going to be spoiling everything you're going to see, I guess, if you stick around. So uh, we're we're happy to have you. Um, Ray Rose is in the back. He's uh, talking about ready to take on his former friend, Andy Brown, and defend his Heritage Championship. Uh it, it basically a standard promo from Ray Rose has been just kind of building on the legacy of these guys' friendships, former tag or former, uh, I guess, faction partners and static. And uh, so since Ray won the Heritage Championship, that all kind of has fallen apart. Um, the uh, one called Manders versus Richie Slade with Flex McCallion, a.k.a. Beef Candy, is in the house. This is our second time seeing them, I think. I think it's the second time on Primetime Live. They were just on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. That's another show I just watched again. I watched this past week's Championship Wrestling. Uh, the uh, I've never seen Manders fight before. Uh, I was a fan of Manders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, he just had to deal with 50% of beef candy. I don't know which one Slade is, uh, if he's the beef or the candy. But either way... <laughs> Mander seemed to he's, he's the candy. Clearly, he's the candy. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, either way, Manders was unimpressed with this guy. Uh, I think Manders was just generally a lot more aggressive than Slade wanted to deal with. Slade seemed to not even want to get hit in the face. And to be fair, Manders kind of honored that a little. He uh, mostly just chopped the hell out of him and tossed him <laughs> around the ring like a rag doll, including like an overhead press that just blew my mind. Like just held him up in the air for I swear to God it was like forty five seconds. Like just in talking to Flex McCallion over at the side, like oh you want me to drop him? You want me to drop him? I don't know. It's like he was nothing to this guy. I thought it was spectacular, but uh, the chops though. Uh, at one time, uh, Jason Kincaid did point out that he was turning Slade's chest into beef taffy, and mm. uh, so so there's that, and uh, enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically the finisher here was just a toss up into the air and like a power slam. That was a huge move. I'm sorry. I, I don't even think that was the finisher actually, but, uh, or it might've been anyway, I don't remember now. I just blew my own mind, but Manders is sick. <laughs> I enjoyed him. The cord belt cowboy. He got the one, two, three right there. And, uh, so Manders rolls on through and, uh, just outstanding power and, and props to Slade too. Cause he sold like a champ, but anyway, uh, well, I guess I'll go to you first. Uh, what would you think on this one? Uh, yeah, um, it, not not at first, and not based on his original promo. But as soon as I saw him in the ring, I I, I did instantly become a fan of Manders. 
Um, he's just got the look, man. I mean, they they referenced a lot as they always do on Primetime Live, which you don't get everywhere. Uh, you know, his history as a football star in uh, Iowa, um, and just kind of gave him some legitimacy. And the more I looked at him, the more I was just like, man, I like this guy's look. And he's got, um, he's got the ability to back it up. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, a, you know, big dude and knows how to work it. And so um, it was a really entertaining match. I thought the, uh, the contrast between their styles, just their in-ring styles, but also just their personal look, um, was kind of cool. I always like matches like that. So I thought it was a great match. I mean, I, yeah, I became a fan of Manders tonight and I, I hope to see him again on primetime live. Hopefully they got plans to, um, to put him back on there. Yeah. Rob, how'd you feel about this one? Good match. Uh, again, good match on a solid card. I rated this my third favorite match of the night. Um, I like, I think I, I saw it in the chat there. I like, uh, Slade, uh, talking about, he doesn't like getting hit in the face. <laughs> you know, being the the candy there, and uh, uh, I, one thing I wanted to point out, and they did reference this, is that uh, Manders was on a card just a few days ago with Lindsey Snow, the No mm-hmm. Peace Underground show, uh, which was highlighted by the Body Count uh, Battle Royal. We'll get into later, but he 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 lost the match against AJ Gray, but it was a very very physical match, and you can that that match is available out there. Um, Manders gets a big win with uh, an Iowa stampede. And what I wanted to point out about him was that here's another big guy, but this is a big guy who's very, very agile and can move. He's quick. He's very technically sound. He uh, reminds me kind of like Chris Dickinson, you know, not, not maybe not the intensity of a Dickinson, but as far as being a big dude that can move and, and is quick, it, it, that's him. And uh, I liked him getting the win here. I do want to say, uh, something that bugs me a little bit, and this is going to sound maybe a little lame or maybe nitpicky in prize fight wrestling shows. I would love for refs to start like sending guys escorting their partners to the ring back to the ring or back to the locker room. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to see Flex McCallion out there, I don't want to see uh, you know, the whole bodega out there in a, in a in, which is essentially setting up for a two on one match. I know they've been doing this for. They've been doing this since they thought the world was flat. So it's not like it just started today, but I, it always has kind of rubbed me wrong if we're looking at a prize fight. I don't care if it's if it's uh, strictly business or the four horsemen or whatever. Send those guys back. Demand that they leave so it's one-on-one under gentlemen's rules. Uh, so I thought, you know, the, at the you know, from the outset, we knew that there was going to be some tomfoolery going on with uh, uh, Flex McCallion out there, and obviously that became very predictable. Um and, uh, you know, it didn't really add anything to the match, I don't think. Uh, you know, there's there's no need for, uh, you know, it, it would have made sense if the intention was to put um, Slade over uh, to have Flex out there. But, you know, uh, Manders went over. And so uh, all you did was you made Beef Candy look foolish. And, and uh, you know, one guy beat a very credible tag team essentially by himself. I would just say send those guys to the back. Let's not have those guys at ringside anymore. Clean it up and uh, – you know, other than that, my third favorite match of the night on a very solid card. So that's a good rating. Yeah, it almost makes it seem like I guess the face in those situations is like, oh, Manders doesn't have any friends, or uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> Chuck or Connors or something like they don't they don't have buddies that would just come out there and hang out. Um, right. So I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Also, totally skipped over. Did it catch anybody else off guard when Andy? Brown dropped the f bomb at the beginning. In the <laughs> I, I made notes about that in in 
in match five, and you can say it there because Piper was in here watching. Uh, that, I was wondering about that. That crap ticks me off, dude. I'm like, that's not necessary. Y'all need to clean. And even Lindsay, L Lindsay Snow, you know, dropped the A bomb, which is not as big a deal because I do that quite a bit. But, uh, but uh, you know, Andy Brown has a filthy mouth, and you know, this was NWA after dark. I know we can be a little, we can be a little coarse for our language sometimes too. But you know, Piper's tucked in bed right now. This is not intended for for kids to watch. This should be a family show. I pay for, you know, we we come in here with our nachos and all that, ready to watch some wrestling. And I don't need, I don't need to hear that. The same thing, like I said about Eli Drake and anybody else, that is not the place for it. Clean your mouth out. Well, want some nachos now? Yeah, I know. I kind of do want nachos, uh, <laughs> but no, this is why I brought it up. Uh, interesting. Uh, it, it blew my mind. It caught me off guard, and, and I am completely desensitized to everything so i was just like what? and i and, and immediately i guess just because i don't have a daughter of my own i was like oh man i wonder if piper's watching right now that was like literally what i thought <laughs> and uh yeah man i mean come on now um but anyway so uh the next part we get into some deep stuff here some uh uh, an unfortunate turn of events, and uh, we get to talk about what was decided on. This was uh, right, put right here in the middle of the show. Uh, basically, they throw it in the back. There's a uh, physician there, and uh, saying that uh, Chris Dickinson injured himself in that matchup with Fred Rosser, uh, and he can't compete. I mean, I think I even talked about it last week during that match. I mean, I thought those guys tore each other up, and it looked like Chris Dickinson was hurt at points. Mm -hmm. And turns out he was, I guess. So uh, you find out that he's not going to let Chris Dickinson compete in our Discord. We were automatically worried. I think everybody was having the talk, like, oh, what do they do now? This tournament's been, like, screwed this way and that way. Like, it's been, you know, just with between COVID and everything else, it's just – uh it's tough. And uh, so there's a sit down with David Marquez and uh, they talk a little bit about the history of UWN, which is kind of nice to get a little background there. And they talk about how big the, the title is for them uh, and uh, eventually get to David Marquez's decision that rather than replace Chris Dickinson in this matchup, uh, Mike Bennett and he have had a talk. David Marquez really doesn't want to sub somebody in. Mike Bennett doesn't want to be a paper champion, just taking on somebody or just getting handed the belt. David Marquez said he, that was actually on the table. Was just like, let's give it to Mike Bennett. Let's say he won it, and he doesn't want that. He wants to go in there and actually win it. And so they're pushing the title bout. It was supposed to take place next Tuesday night, but now they're going to have to scramble and figure something else out. Uh, because they're going to wait until Chris Dickinson is healed to uh, actually have the uh, championship match for UWN. And, uh, well, uh, I guess I'll go first since I'm just talking already, but I found that to be the right call, personally. I, I like yeah. that idea. I, I wanted to see Dickinson and Bennett. I don't want to see somebody get replaced. It feels unfair to just throw somebody else in there. And, yeah, it would feel a little weird for Bennett to just get handed the belt also uh the, the tournament's already suffered enough I think people want to see this match bad enough they're going to be okay with waiting but uh Rob I, I'm going to throw to you first uh how'd you feel about hearing the news and then the ultimate decision that Marquez went with uh in consulting with Bennett 
I mean, I'm disappointed uh, just because, uh, you know, I want to see this match really bad. I think this is next to Aldis Bennett. This is going to be so far the signature match of uh, UWN Primetime Live whenever it gets off the the ground. 100% agree with the decision. It's got to be Dickinson and Bennett. Uh, Dickinson did not do anything to, to, you know, be disavowed of his position or to unearn or to be dismerited from his position in this tournament. He earned his way. He had, uh, you know, had some – Tough, hard-fought matches, and uh, you know it, 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 your two your two Rolls Royces in in UWN Primetime Live are Mike Bennett and Chris Dickinson. It's got to be those two. We predicted it, and so I 100% agree with the decision. You know, we best things come to those who wait. We got to be a little more patient. Hopefully, this will you know. Hopefully, I, Chris Dickinson's okay, and and whatever injury he has heals up and. You know, this is a guy who's been in some really, really tough stuff, uh, some hard-fought matches with Mox and and others here recently. You know, he's in Bloodsport, and, uh, um, you know, he's physical, and he leaves everything on the mat, like him or not. And uh, so, you know, my, my first thought is to wish him well. My second thought is that I'm disappointed. My third thought is that, uh, that uh, Dr. Morgan uh, made the correct decision there and, uh, you know, Let's 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 wait. These guys earn the right to face each other, and I, I think everybody wants to see that. Do you know Do you know Doctor Morgan, Rob? You guys are both doctors. Well, yeah, yeah, we all know each other in the doctor community. Do you guys practice together? I don't know how that <laughs> works. Um, no, I thought I thought it was. Uh, I mean, the same. I don't think there's a debate whether or not it was the right decision. Um, you know, and this isn't meant to sound like I'm downplaying this title or anything like that, but it, it, it's, it's been a quick turnaround for this tournament. I mean, they, they announced it, put the tournament together. We've had a couple of weeks of it. Um, and so I, I think everyone's okay at this point with waiting a little while um, building up to it. They've got time now to tell a story. Um, I think they'll, they'll use the TV time to tell that story, to, to have some promos, to kind of build up, to the eventual match when it does happen. And it was definitely the right move as, as many changes as they threw at us uh, with the brackets getting shaken up right there at the beginning. I think, I think it's definitely the right move to stay the course. And I think they went about it the the right way, you know, having uh, Dr. Morgan come out and give his assessment and then have Marquez himself uh, come out and explain from, from the, from his position at the top, why they made this decision rather than just announcing it and, telling everyone to live with it. I think that context was, was really good. And, and especially as we always talk about with the prize fight feel, you know, having, having the big dog Marquez come out and say, Hey, this is what happened. Just being transparent. I was just going to give it to Mike. He didn't want it. Uh, so we're going to see this thing through and and we'll keep you up to date. I thought that was um, the right way to go about it. So it feels great. Um, I can't wait for the match to actually happen. We've all wanted to see it since the brackets came out. So, uh, you know, if, if there is one consolation, it's that we are going to get to see the match. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. You know, I was hoping for a little more controversy, but it sounds like everybody's just on board for what's a wrestling. Oh, never mind. I thought they should. I think they should have just. <laughs> they should have just. What they should have done is should just been like, well, if Dickinson's out, then Peter Avalon's back in, right? So Peter, it should just be Peter Avalon, Mike Bennett, right? That makes sense. He's he's the AEW star, so that's the, that's the way you go. <laughs> I, I I half expected them to say like. 
Davy Boy Smith Jr. was going in or something like that. Like I almost expected something like that. But, but no, you it's can't, just, you can't fast track someone to the finals that has yeah. like in a tournament, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm glad they didn't do that. It just feels like something. I don't know. I'm not used to this. A wrestling promotion just making a decision that we don't all have to sit around and uh, feel like we need to fantasy book a different way. We're all like, oh, yeah, that was the right call. People just want that match. So do it later. All right, moving on. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, uh, Jack Farmer's in the back with Danny Limelight. Uh, I love this guy. Danny Limelight. Mm-hmm. Limelight live, baby. The Puerto Rican Poppy. He's got Papo Esco in his corner tonight. That's the uh, basic uh, gist of what we got in the back there with those uh, those guys. And uh, then you got the American Kaiju, Lindsey Snow. Oh, taking- hold on now. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Man. I skipped through it. I'm just trying to. Because I made notes on this interview. Oh, go I for made, it, brother. I made a point to write. To, I wrote literally in my notes right here. I don't know if you can see it. Limelight. Is fire on the mic. You see that he is fire on the mic, and uh, you know he's a he's a he's a well he's not an ex marine because once a marine always a marine. This was an intense interview with no profanity, right? It didn't hurt the authenticity. I don't think that uh you know I'm seeing some of the buzz in the chat, and it's cool to talk about. You know, front row. I, front row is my brother. I respect him, and I'm not here to discount anybody's opinion. But to me, if like if you need profanity to, to make you seem authentic, then you're not doing your job in the ring or on the mic in other ways. I, there, there are no other professional sports out there that rely on profanity to get themselves across, not even MMA. Now it happens. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of times they get censored and it's certainly, it's a, it's an aberration. You don't see, you know, when, when, when people are mic'd up, you might see some language here and there occasionally, but people don't go out of their way to drop F-bombs and just and just make them seem more intense or badder because they can say F, ooh, I can cuss. I'm I'm authentic, you know. Bull crap. You know, this this is a I don't care if they brand it as a family show or not. It's it is a sport that's being sold to the public. It's not 18 plus or anything like that. So it is actually branded for the family. And uh, uh, there's no place for profanity for kids. If I, if my kids, if my family is to be able to partake of this, then they've got to clean it up. That's not acceptable. I don't expect that from students. I don't expect that from my athletes. I don't want to see baseball players using it. I don't like to see professional boxers use it. I don't like to see anybody use it. They, they, there's no need for it. So, oh yeah, I've seen a Tyson promo, Rosa. <laughs> I've seen it, but my kid, you know, <laughs> those are, those are, uh, you know, Four times a year, $49 fights that that are, are definitely intended for adults watching, you know, competition, not not family entertainment. Nothing about Tyson is family entertainment. No. I mean, now, I don't let my, I don't let my, I don't let my daughter watch uh, old school either or, or uh, you know, the hangover or any of those things either. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about the Padres because we had another baseball. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's true. But I thought that was a pretty good, uh, a good rib there. Um, you know, really, when was the last time the Padres won anything? Hey, yo. Yeah, but he's only wearing it to show you who the daddy is. So yeah, that that yeah. didn't that didn't compete. That didn't land as much. As a yeah. baseball fan, I, I can't get it. I mean, they haven't done anything since like the early two thousands. So. Well, allow me to throw out my uh, hopefully what it will be the only uh, God bless him today. Uh, God bless Clark <laughs> Cotters. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who who 
regularly uh, participates in humorous discussion. He seems like a pretty straightforward guy. I don't know. Maybe he's great at bars after the show or something, but he seems like he's pretty focused on wrestling. So, and, and that's fair. I mean, you know, there's, there's wrestlers like that. that don't have to be funny. And so it, it did feel a little forced. I will give you that. Uh, anything else you want to add about this, Rob? I don't want to step on your notes. I saw that notebook. And if that was all based on this show, that is fantastic. This that is, is we'll my, just, this step, is we'll my just step back and let you talk. All my, these are all of my, uh, podcast notes going back months and months and months and months. And this joker is thick, boy. I can't even, I can't even write that fast. So I don't know. I'm just like trying to like jot down lines of things. I want to remember, you know, well, I mean, I do too. if you look at my, my, my style, you'll see lots of arrows and notes. And what I do typically is I go in and set my card up first before the start, you know, I leave the blanks behind which match number it is. And I leave space between so I can add in the interviews, but I'm writing fast, man. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching and I, you know, I'm, I'm writing and as I go and it's, it's an intense process and it seems like that hour and a half is over like that. But, uh, but you know, you're engaged with it. You're studying it, you're watching, you're looking for things to, to note. So it, it helps me. And I've always really done this. I've got notebooks from watching, you know, um, other pay-per-views and the only, the only really time I don't note take, I guess, is when I'm at mission pro and I'm there live. And, you know, I do take a few notes on my phone, but, but uh, you know, I'm not, handwrite commentating that stuff so that's cool man I, yeah. I like that that's why he's a phd ladies and gentlemen um uh, alliance wrestling brought up something interesting just still before we even move on i think this is an interesting discussion for the title match uh whoops not that one uh anyone think that the match doesn't happen at all like maybe bennett or dickinson get signed before the match even happens that's an interesting uh, question to bring up. Like, what if what if something happens? I feel like they have to work that into their contract or something. Like, hey, man, I got to do this match. I got to do this one match at least. I mean, Moxley did Bloodsport, you know, and he's the reigning AEW champion. They're, they've got to – this match has to happen. It has yeah, to unless, happen. And, unless one of them signs with WWE, which we know it won't be Mike Bennett. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I see the match happening. I mean – both of these guys have put in the time in this tournament and, and on this show, uh, especially Chris Dickinson on this particular show, primetime live uh, to get to that position. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, he steps out, um, but you know, you know, you never know in this business. So it, I would uh, say it would be, it would be, I wouldn't say, you know, like catastrophic, but it'd be pretty devastating to UWN primetime if they couldn't, get this match off it'd be it'd be bad i would say well, it, it feels like the tournament is cursed at that point yeah, yeah. uh want to give a quick shout out to, uh, shout out randy orton in the chat hey what's up randy <laughs> welcome back sir sorry about sorry about your uh your title sorry about your desertion <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, that's that's why we'll never get Randy Orton on the show, Rob. It's that kind of crap right there. I say goodbye. I say good riddance. Oh, all right. I guess we'll uh let's let's talk about something that makes us all happy, and that's uh the American Kaiju Lindsay Snow and the equal opportunity assassin Ruby Rays. I love both these women. And uh now I will say I said this earlier, bulletproof likes him some catch wrestling, so he was a kaiju fan. You can tell right off. Uh, bat here um i mean for me pro 
I immediately was just blown away by Reigns again because this is the only second time I've ever really seen her wrestle. I hadn't had a chance to really check out anything else. I loved her the last time we saw her on United Wrestling Network. Uh, but, I mean, they they told a great story here. Snow wants to go shot for shot with Ruby Reigns, and that's just not a thing she can do. Reigns is just too strong. She finds that out when she even tries to trade kicks and, like, raises kicks, like, just knock the hell out of her. Uh, but that's where the technical savagery that is Lindsay Snow comes into play. Reigns, I think, got confident, but the Snow starts taking it to her, man, just rolling her up, tossing her around, hip tosses left and right, just, like, really schooling her in actual wrestling. Uh, now, I will fault Snow here at one point because she seems to start getting called up with the ref which gives Reyes an opportunity to bounce back because uh, it seems like she had a reeling. And uh, once that happens, Ray starts dominating and for whatever reason even goes for a chair early on that Lindsay ends up kicking away, uh, lucky for her. Uh, Snow does manage some technique throughout to mount a comeback, including this beautiful roll into an arm bar that she committed. Uh, it's just, uh, or I'm sorry, into a cross face is what it was. And that was fantastic but again ray is just too powerful uh it's just getting out of everything that lizzie tries to put on her uh she starts actually trying some submissions on the american kaiju then uh does some work into the turnbuckle too just working on a troop pointing out the work she's doing into her liver and stuff like that just those tosses into the turnbuckle it's really really cool stuff up until this point and then it just gets vicious uh Battling outside the ring, Snow slams Rays into the turnbuckle or the post, and uh, Rays just you know knocks her into the chair. Then Rays flips her off, and Lindsay just starts kicking her and chopping her, and uh, they start throwing each other into the stairs, and just violence just escalating, escalating, escalating between these two. Uh, if there was a crowd here, I felt like I could hear them chanting the "fight forever" thing at this point, and. Uh, both women try to use the chair. No luck there. Snow, they get in the ring and they're wrestling. Snow gets, or the ref gets in Snow's face. Snow pushes him. I don't know how that wasn't a DQ right there, but uh, the ref like gets his eye raked a little bit. So he's turned away. Ray's picks up the chair, tries to use the chair. Uh, Lindsay stops him. Then they're fighting back, or the ref stops her. And then they're fighting back and forth. The ref's trying to break him up. They both push down the ref. And we get the bell. Uh, it is a no contest via double DQ. Uh, they don't stop fighting, by the way. They just continue fighting. and They roll out into the ramp. They just start beating the hell out of each other, ground and pound from snow. Race turns it around. Their refs have to come out and separate these two because uh, they're just not going to stop. And, uh, well, so no contest is the result. I say more of this, please. Will, what do you say? Uh, definitely more, um, incredible physical, uh, just brutal match. Um, not to be that guy, you alluded to this a little bit, but, uh, the, the, the ultra logical side of my brain did have a problem with how the finish went down. Um, because just it, it, it I get it. I do. I really do. But it doesn't make logical sense that like, Hey, Lindsay, pushed the chair into you and hurt you. But then when Ray's did it, Oh, they're both DQ'd. Like, you know what I mean? So it just, I don't know. My brain like melted a little bit when that happened. Cause I was kind of like, wait a second. 
Yeah. I mean, so just trying to put all that together and make sense of it. Um, you know, I think, I, I think there was probably a better way they could have done a double DQ or something um, that made a little more sense, but I think it was a, a great, I don't like how they got there, but I think it was a great finish because it allowed them to keep fighting to let you know that, Hey, this is going to continue. And the commentary did a great job of uh, making sure that that stuck in our minds too. Like we want to see this again. This is going to be a long feud. Um, I do hope we see more uh, of this on primetime live because um, it's got the potential to be just one of the most brutal grudges uh, that we've seen on primetime live. Man. Yeah. uh, I got I agree with uh, my man front row. This was the match of the night for me. Um, I've never seen somebody manhandle, or I'm not say manhandle because it was a fairly even match. You know, uh, technical skill, catch wrestling versus power. I've never seen anybody stagger Ruby Rays like that. She is the uh, hired gun of uh, Nico Marquez. As I said, this is a, a person who's who is a beast. Who's who's um, you know who's hired to be impervious to attack. She's impervious to anybody else's assault. She's a, she's a big mean woman and she, she is intense. And I agree with uh, J Cal that uh, the ending, I think was a great way to allow both women to save face. Ruby Rays is still the beast. Lindsay Snow is still a prize fighter who just came off a huge blood sport uh, win. Who's engaged in uh, big time rivalries with people like Thunder Rosa and others. Um, and so both women safe face. And the most important thing of all is that uh, it leaves the door open for uh, the American Kaiju and the uh, Chingona representing the 805 to tie up one more time uh, or two or three more times. Because, again, I agree with Will. This is going to be a great feud right here. And this has the makings of a feud where these ladies don't like each other. Thunder Rose and, and Lindsay Snow, they respect each other. They like each other. These two, they don't like each other. <laughs> I, I do like that fact and uh i think there's like it feels like there's at least the respect of what the other one can do they just uh want to prove that they're i don't know i feel like both of these ladies need to prove that they're the top uh top dog in the yard and so that, it's gonna be fun to see these these ladies come back and it perfectly opens the door for say a uh no DQ match or something like that down the road so uh i'm excited it also means that Likely Lindsay Snow is coming back, so that's always a good thing too, right? Yeah. Also, too, uh, about the face-saving thing, we uh, we alluded to this earlier. She was a participant in the No Peace Underground Body Count Battle Royal, which you can got you can get, but there are parts of their segments of it that are out there right now on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, and whatnot. And you talk about this junk right here is intense, boy. This thing is brutal and savage, and uh, and and Lindsay Snow is in there just going toe to toe with some of the top male wrestlers in the world and just giving them everything they can handle, dishing out punishment, taking punishment. And uh, so, yeah, again, coming into this is a, a perfect way for both women to save a lot of face and leave the door open for future uh, contests. Yeah. So not exactly uh, what we were hoping for out of Lindsay, you know, or not, not the best outcome. I don't think anybody, you know, she, she loses to Thunder Rosa. She goes to a, uh, no contest in this one. So, uh, we were uh, bragging on her, I think, all day long. You know, it would been cool to see her win. But also, I don't think anybody watch it, walks away from either one of those matches thinking uh, that Lindsay Snow is not a badass. So oh, I, think yeah. it, I think it works out. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into the next one with our boy, Danny Limelight, 
on live li- on live light live. Um, it's uh, he's got Papo Esco with him, which we know Rob doesn't like, and he's taking on Clark Cotter of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, this is the third meeting between these two, and you can tell there's a grudge here. Uh, I did like that about it. There's a there's an intensity. Uh, just so much going on in this match. I couldn't even keep up. So Rob, hopefully, I don't know if you got better notes than me because I uh, just the amount of reversals, the amount of action that had is, and it's good looking action too. Like the fight, there was a point where they're fighting for an arm bar and like limelight rolls up, pops up and like, he just like bounces to his feet and like kicks Cotters in the head. And it looks like he just took his damn head off. It was just uh I don't know. I thought that was the end of the match. He even covered him like it was the end of the match, and it wasn't. I was I was on the edge of my seat for this one. I thought this was a great match. Uh, they end up battling up to the top rope. Live like gets tossed off. Spear from the second rope from Cotters. Uh, Cotters, I, this is on him. He keeps getting distracted by Papo Esco at this point, and that bugged me because mm-hmm. I just don't like a dumb baby face. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I mean that with all due respect, but it's like Esco was barely doing anything. And it seems like you got to keep your folks. It's worse in like WWE where they walk out on top of the ramp and somebody's like, whoa, and they have to they have to stand there and look at them. And then they get rolled up for a three. You're like, you are so dumb. Like, why? Why did that bother you? Let them come in the ring and then let something happen then. But anyway, uh, Connors gets distracted by Esco. Uh, then he finally does like hop up on the apron a little bit, which causes the ref to go over there. And then limelight gets the ducks and, uh, he has them when, uh, Connors walks over, he gets decked in the face and, uh, limelight, uh, he gave Connors everything he had, including the brass knuckles to finally get the one, two, three. And, uh, your winner is Danny limelight. Uh, Bodega afterwards does hit a bit of a double team there. Like, uh, I don't know why, just just enforcing their meanness. I don't know. <laughs> so they uh, did the trade the Puerto Rican flag over uh, the body of Cotters at 1.2, which was a nice touch. Uh, but anyway, Rob, I'll turn to you first. What do you think about this one? Uh, some of the things you said, like, uh, you know, having um, – uh, Papalesco out there at the on the outside to me seems uh, just counterintuitive. You know the same thing. You know with uh, Clark Connors um, giving him the the time of day and being distracted. Obviously, you know the uh, the uh, the hapless uh, gullible uh, baby face. Um, I never really liked that either. I will say that this was my second favorite match of the night. There were enough positives in here to overcome those things. I like the fact that if you didn't know anything about this match and this rivalry, that they still told the story, that this was the third in a series that Connors, you know, the captain of the LA dojo had, uh, had already gone up twice over limelight. We saw the exchange earlier. Uh, there was the hokey little thing about the Padre uniform, but this was a really fast paced, intense match. And then, uh, you know, um, Limelight ends up winning it with a brass knuckle. So, again, there's some face saving on both sides. Limelight gets the win, finally breaks, uh, you know, into that uh, win column in the series. But he didn't do it cleanly, allegedly, right? Connors uh, went allegedly. down. He did go, <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't have a damn TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this was, you know, just uh, uh, there was a really good exchange in our Discord between myself and Gary and front row. And I think uh, J Cal was in this too about um, 
Danny Limelight giving off uh, Ricky Starks vibes, sort of, you know, and not that they're all, not that they're axiomatically the same or anything like that, but he's got that sort of sense of, hey, this is a, a draft pick that's going places. The ceiling's very, very high for him, and he's a talent that's on the rise. His star is rising. And well, your, your exact words were you thought that Danny Limelight was the Ricky Starks of primetime live. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that sparked a whole conversation of, of, you know, the comparisons between the two. Yeah. So, uh, again, second favorite match of the night. Um, a couple little things that are just preference issues. You know, uh, Populesco being outside, the the hapless, uh, gullible uh, baby face, those kinds of things that you said. But technically, speed-wise, intensity, narrative, context, storytelling, uh, the cleanliness of the match uh, as far as the execution of maneuvers and the, the storytelling, very, very solid. Very solid. I was entertained the whole time. Will? Yeah. Well, um, you guys have pretty much said it all. I'll say from my perspective, I, for some reason, I love a, a brass knuckle finish. I don't, it, I think it takes me back to, to, to the, to the good old days when you'd see that from, from some of the monster heels and it would just be so despicable, you know, that they would use brass knuckles. I remember as a kid thinking that like brass knuckles was the worst weapon you could ever have, you know, and, uh, so I, I just always like that. Uh, it's kind of a throwback for me. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a great, great match, great storytelling. Again, the commentary did a great job of getting all of us up to speed and invested in the story, which is pivotal to any match. Um, so a lot of the success of these matches really has been due to the commentary, um, really doing their due diligence to bring us into the story, bring us in a step instead of just saying, Hey, here's two guys. We'll see what they got. Um, they really, you know, helped us understand the context. Um, yeah. I mean, I love Connor's selling the arm the whole time. I mean, even up until he, uh, you know, you had, uh, had Danny in the submission and he couldn't hold it because his arm was given out. I love that, that kind of touch, um, the, the authenticity of that. And, um, you know, I, I like I like Danny winning. I like uh, I like the beatdown after the match. I mean, these guys got a history. You could feel it, and there's some some true animosity there, and uh, that that was part of it. To to the whole point about um, you know guys being on the outside, interference, all that kind of stuff. I I don't think I'm I don't I didn't mind it so much. Definitely not. It didn't rub me as as wrong as it did Rob in this show. Um, and I don't really mind it in general. What I didn't like was that he like spotlighted it in his promo. Daniel Limelight did and said, Oh, tonight I've got, you know, Papo in my corner. And like, it, it was almost like he was t- showing his hand, like, Oh, he's going to interfere, you know? And I get that it's a, it's a heel team and, uh, and that kind of stuff. But I think he made it really clear. And like from a prize fight point of view, you want to be the guy one-on-one, and be the better guy, right? So, so I think from the get go, because of that promo, um, there was a little bit lost on me in in regards to that. Um, but the match itself was great. Uh, it's a great story, and um, you know, uh, Clark Connors is is he's impressive, man. He's uh, he's worthy of a feud like that. Worthy to be on the show more. Um, worthy of his position at at NJPW and. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more out of both these guys, not just Danny Limelight. I think they're both really positioned to to be breakout stars. 
You know what's funny about that is like you're talking about the uh, him showing his hand and stuff too. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, he's he's basically saying he's bringing this guy up out to to help him out and win this match. What was funny during the match is that there was a period there where I was kind of questioning it because Papo Esco wasn't helping him, and it was like. There, do you notice there was like times that looked like Danny Limelight was kind of asking for it? And Papa was kind of like, No, you got this, you got this, you know. Yeah. I think at one time he was like supposed to be so out of it, he's like going for a tag or something, but like it just, uh, I don't know. It was like Papa at first seemed like he wanted him to, like, you got this, stay with him, stay with him, you know, you're, you're hanging in there and all this, but it was just like finally when it was just. Yeah, there's there, no way you can't put him down. We'll we'll give you a way to do it. I don't know. It's just an interesting way of doing that. I think there was some coaching going on. I uh, uh, I did want to point out about as far as like painting the context. Thank God we had uh, Alyssa uh, Marino in there, not Todd Kinley, because he never does that. <laughs> he always he always pulls his inner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, and and one thing you guys might not you know give give uh, uh, Danny Limelight. A little bit of credit here. It may be the fact that his hands were sore, which is why he had the brass knuckles to protect his right. protect the the structure of his hand. Not not really anything to do with harming. Good point. You know, so just so yeah. that you know, we didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it and, just and seems I'll like also, just a, you you'd avoid using the hand. Is what I would suggest. I'll, I'll also say the, line, the the commentary line of the night uh, for me came after the match when Alyssa. Uh, referenced Papo's bowling ball head. <laughs> and uh, so now that I, I aspire to that uh, as a guy, uh, a bearded man with a, a large bald head, I would like to also have a bowling ball head. <laughs> Did it annoy you guys that, yeah, you know, we, we, we've been talking for weeks about having Alyssa back and the night they bring her back, our boy Todd's not there. <laughs> no, I, you can't, yeah. you can't play with our emotions like that. That's how I was they, in the discord when everybody's like, Alyssa's back. And I'm like, yay, but where the hell's Todd? Like, <laughs> I mean, yay, but what, what are they doing right now? And, uh, and, and no shade on, on Blake Troop and Kincaid, man. Those guys are, have really grown on me too. But yeah, uh, yeah. they've got a great team, and I guess that's a when you've got a um, you know a, 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 an abundance of riches like that, you're going to have to there's going to have to be someone sit out. But man, I'd, I'd love to see uh, Todd and uh, Alyssa on the same panel again. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed their their chemistry together. So it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to be rotating or what. I who knows what the deal is. Uh, I'll call Marquez. I don't know. That's always my joke. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, the final, the main event was uh, the Heritage Championship uh, being defended by Ray Rosas against Andy Brown, his former partner in Static. Uh, Ray Rosas is the Arizona State Champion and the Heritage Champion. He's defending the Heritage Champion tonight. They both think they know how to beat each other. Uh, I mean, long story short, in this match is very aggressive. These two clearly don't like each other. They're just like kind of brawling. And, uh, and, and by the end of this match, it started a little slow for me, but I think, Will, you even brought this up earlier when we were talking off air. I mean, by the end of it, it got kind of intense, like just the two of them going after each other and feeling like they, they just have to beat each other. So it was a good ending. Um, and uh, even, even to the point where Andy Brown hits like his adios amigos, like doing Ray Rosa's old move against him, and Ray Rosa still kicks out. And uh, 
Andy Brown kicking out and saying, like, you can't beat me. You don't know how to beat me, blah, blah, blah. But Ray uh, Rosas does end up getting the one, two, three in this matchup. I felt like for myself, uh, it was a nice match and everything. I think that a lot of this story was predicated on the emotion that you should, uh, you being emotionally invested in this match. And if you are not a person who regularly watches championship wrestling from Hollywood, if you are a person who is strictly sticking with the United Wrestling Network, uh, well, primetime live stuff, uh, that's it. I mean, that's one of the things you're going to have to deal with. Like all of these matches are coming in and they're these prize fight matches pairing off with people that you uh, may or may not know. So the, I don't know. I guess the match kind of dictates how you feel about it. And when you get an emotional arc here being uh, concluded, potentially, it's like if you haven't seen the rest of that story, that part of it may not work as well for you. Will, does that does that make sense? It does. And I think it, it has everything to do with uh, it being a title match because – you know, as fans of prize fight wrestling to us, the, the, the ultimate match is a title match. And, uh, you know, had this not been a title match, let's just say it's just these two guys with their history. Um, it, it's sounds funny to say this, but it, it might've actually even been better to me because I, I don't think I would have needed a ton of story to really buy into it. I could have just, you know, similar to Clark Connors and Danny Limelight, I could have been clued in by commentary to their history and um, enjoy the match a little more, but knowing that it was a main event, that it was a title match um, for a a prestigious title, um, you know, not having that history uh, other than just what commentary was telling me, it, it did kind of hinder me a little bit. Um, and I thought the match was great. Um, I thought the false finishes were great. Uh, they were really well executed. I I bit on a lot of them. I was like, oh, that's got to be it. Oh, man, that's got to be it. Um, so these two guys did an incredible job in that regard. Um, I, I I didn't love the overall finish, you know, uh, with, with just the way the back and forth went and um, – I think what what Andy Brown actually said, uh, if Rob heard it correctly, he said, you can't effing beat me effer, you effing effer, or something like that. (laughs) Um, But I I, I didn't like how he just kind of – he was laughing. I thought that was cool. So I was with it up until the very end. So him laughing and kind of that emotional draining part, but then it just seemed very abrupt where it was like he was laughing – he was no selling the the super kicks, and then suddenly he got beat. Um, and so that that was a little lackluster for me. Um, but I, I think these two guys are, you know, they they earned the being in a title match in their positions. But uh, I agree with you, Gary, with, with what you said. With a title match like that being in a, at a prestigious level, um, I think you do have to be a little more clued into the history of it. Um, and they, they they do such a good job of, of, of filling in some of those gaps. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, Ray Rosas before, so there wasn't as much of an imperative to, to tell as much of a story. Uh, you know, but, you know, I mean, we know the history. Most of us know the history between Rosas and Adrian Quest and Andy Brown and all that. Um, for me, and, and let me preface this by saying this, this was my fourth favorite match of the night <laughs> out of five. 
I, I rated Ruby Rays and Lindsey Snow number one, Danny Limelight, Clark Connors number two, uh, Richie Slade and, and uh, Manders number three. Then this was number four, and number five was uh, was Keita and Slice Boogie. My problem with this match is I'm familiar with the work of Ray Rosas and Andy Brown. I've seen them work before, and there's something – I don't know what it is, and maybe – Maybe uh, Jay Cal, if he's still hanging around, if he, he might be able to fill in some some uh, or provide some insight. I felt like there was something off here. It was a slower match. Uh, it seemed to drag. Um, I it, it, there, it lacked a lot of ant- intensity. There wasn't a a, a, a a consistent momentum in the match at all. It was very slow. It was a little longer. Kind of lost my. Uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to get ready to wrap up, and I'm like, man, this is still going, and. Uh, and again, that's no shade on Rosas or Andy Brown because both of these guys are—they have—they're—they're they're great workers. This match, there was just something was off, man. I, I don't—I don't know what it was, and it did, you know, it did sort of tax my uh, my attention span there for 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 a minute. Um, things that I liked about it, I liked the promo at the beginning, the uh, you know, last of a dying breed versus extinction extinction level event. Uh, I like that. I could do without the profanity. Uh, but man, I, I, this match, something was just off. I, I can't, you know, it didn't look like anything was, you know, unsound about it. There wasn't any th- major mistakes or anything that, that a, a mark can pick up on. It just, the momentum seemed really slow. It seemed to drag, uh, for, for a history and a rivalry as intense as this, I need much more noise, you know, much more fire and fury. And it seemed like it was lacking and maybe like Jake house says, maybe they were, you know, realizing that they're the main event and they've got to work the clock there. So that's probably part of it, but you know, um, this, it just, it felt, it felt off to me. I don't want to belabor that point. Yeah, I am totally with you. Um, so one other thing, Gary, I don't mean to cut you off either. I wanted to add this. It seems to me too, like, first of all, the heritage championship belt is a beautiful belt. I love seeing it every time it's on there. Uh, I love I love that that Buddy Rogers on there and everything. I mean, it's just a beautiful trophy, one of the best. But I think that having the the, the tournament sort of hurts the prestige of this title to me. Like before, I, I regarded this championship as sort of the UWN title, and now it's sort mm-hmm. of displaced, and now it's become a, a a secondary title, and that hurts what uh, what might otherwise have been a legit main event match. Uh, with with a lot at stake. Not to again, not to discredit this championship because lots of great guys have worn it. It's a beautiful belt. It's a it's a prestigious belt. But I think having this tournament has devalued it slightly. Does that make sense? I'm not trying again to yeah. shade on anything. No, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's similar to WWE coming out with a universal title, and you're like, oh, so suddenly like their world title isn't like the top of the food chain. It's it's just kind of confusing. Um, so I, I agree with you on that because before they unveiled the new title, I, I did regard that as, you know, the highest prize in UWN. So it carried that prestige. Now it doesn't feel that way. So it did lose a little bit, I think with that. It is interesting. And, uh, I know there's a weird, I still stick with there's a weird balancing act too that if you don't have all of the history like I you know I'm trying to watch championship wrestling from Hollywood now um I've seen some great stuff on there but it's just like uh, this this feud with Ray Rosas like uh 
and Andy Brown. I've only seen a bit of that happen, and uh, it's it's all happened kind of quick. I never saw all of Static, but you know, I think Rob, we both watched the Watts match where Ray Rosas won, and then they immediately turned on him and stuff like that. So there's that, but it's tough. I mean, and I don't know how you balance that because again, you know, I guess if you don't watch the NWA, those you know those feuds might not matter to you either. So I don't know. Um, I'm very blurry now. <laughs> Hold on. I got you. Thanks. Let's do this. Um, all right. Well, uh, not to, not to really dishevel the listening audience. Um, so, so they have no idea what's going on. Uh, Alliance wrestling does say J Cal says this, that title was always second fiddle. Remember this title was established when TNA controlled the world's heavyweight title. And that's uh, true, but but that's there, there's been a long gap between those. And in the interim, we have to agree that that belt became presumptively the 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 crown in UWN. So, it absolutely, it was established as a secondary title, but by default, it became the the premier title. So, uh, you know, and it was treated that way. I mean, it's been it, it has been regarded that way in UWN, at least you know by what I've seen. You know, so. Um, and again, not there. There, I love that championship. I love heritage titles. I, I think that's one of the most striking belts. I think it's held by a credible guy right now. There's been lots of fantastic feuds and and champions to hold that. But we we have to agree that now, I mean, with the world belt, uh, what they're calling the world belt, that it just has it's just it doesn't have the same importance that it would have otherwise because when UWM Primetime Live started my presumption would have been that you know you've got this this trophy representing the best of UWN and you've got the 10 pounds of gold being the world title representing you know the NWA brand and uh you know there being uh, maybe potentially a Rosas Nick Alvis con- confrontation or something like that to settle a claim there much like there was between the U S and national championships back in, you know, during the Crockett days. Uh, but again, that's, I, I don't want to quibble too much. It's just, uh, um, it, it's, uh, you know, it seems that that's just my reflection again, beautiful title, the best, the best looking title. So although that, that world belt is a good looking belt too. And there is so much so that it's already being pirated out there. <laughs> Um, well, it's worth mentioning that uh, always honored by his president, Mr. Marquez, is in uh, the uh, chat with us this evening. And he does say, uh, sorry, I meant to hit the other one. The Heritage title has never been positioned as the main championship on Hollywood. It has always been a regional title. Um, well, the- true, but, you know, it's always been a regional promotion and it's been the top title of a regional promotion. That's just I'm just a fan. That's how I perceive it. And, and many people do. So, Um. Yeah, he puts it that way. It has been for a decade. Uh, yes, J. Cal asked an excellent question. David, since you're here, <laughs> did we get Todd Kennelly fired? Please say, please say no. <laughs> because because <laughs> we missed him. But yeah, uh, if, if he's we, still he's still he's still going at Rob here. That's why it's the Hollywood <laughs> Heritage title, Rob. STFU well, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So. <laughs> You know, and if the TV title is the top title, it would be the only promotion in wrestling where that's the case. And that, and if that's the case, and it is, and, and that's fine. It's your promotion, but I'm just saying that's how I perceive it. That's how I feel it. I think Will agrees. But no, again, no shade. It doesn't. Will's shit. like, don't bring me, <laughs> don't bring me into this. 
<laughs> uh, he says see. now he has liver spots again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, they do have a title uh title this chat moves so fast I can't keep up. Uh the United World Television title. Yeah, they, they do have their TV title as well. Um but uh anyway, so I will tell you I, one thing I don't envy for Dave is having this uh, event, uh, the the main event for next week go away like this. I know that's a heck of a predicament to be in, and uh, so uh, on on one hand, you know what? I'll offer another God bless them today. Uh, God bless Davari, Sean Davari, because he yeah. went from not even being on the show to getting thrown into the world title tournament to uh, advancing a little bit, and now. He is the selling point for next week on UWN Primetime Live. They're like, Sean Davari will be here next week. And that's a hell of a selling point. Like, I yeah. don't know, I don't know many people that I mean, there's several, but that was that was that's definitely one name that without announcing any solid matches for next week, uh, you can just be like, Hey, Sean is gonna be here. And I'm like, I'm in, uh, because that dude's impressive. So well, yeah, I'm only being slightly facetious when I say that because it, 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 uh, I love Sean Davari and I was hoping I would see him and Mike Bennett in that tournament and, uh, talked about it, uh, talked about it on the show after that. I, I loved that matchup. Those two were amazing. And Sean Davari is a fantastic wrestler. So I'm, that is not a slight on Sean Davari. I'm being serious. It's just funny to see him go from, uh, Oh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. will also be on the show. So there you go. So Sean DeVarry doesn't have to carry it on his back. I was just thinking it's funny, like, if he's just like, man, all of a sudden, like, I am like I'm it, man. Let's do this. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Davey Boy Smith Jr. also on the show. That's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see him back in action. I think he's back in action on MLW, if I'm not mistaken, uh, tomorrow night as well. Their restart, so that that could be worth checking out. Uh, is it is it tomorrow night that he's uh, fighting for the championship? Is that right? I can't. I don't know if it's tomorrow night, but I know it's soon. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so so that'll be cool. Uh, we'll throw it in the chat, like whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, yes, Matt Seidel is all elite. Uh, Marty Bell is gone from the NWA. I saw that getting brought up earlier. Uh, let's see here. Well, we we always have to clarify this. I feel like I feel like we should just have a recording for every time this happens because we just say the same thing. I wouldn't say that she's gone from the NWA. I would say that her, her contract expired and they're just not in a place to renew contracts right now. So, uh, you know, again, even judging by her own words, Hey, I'm no longer under contract. It is what it is. I, I don't think that by any means means she's gone from NWA. I think she's always, well, always on the docket to come back at any point and wrestle a match here and there or whatever. But I'm actually embarrassed with myself for saying it because that's been the point I've been trying to make like in the discord chats and everywhere else uh, when we're having these, these discussions is it just sounds like, Hey, we're not doing anything right this second. Why renew a bunch of contracts? I was like, you, if people are available, I'm sure that they will, they'll be glad to have them uh, when the time comes, when there's something happening with like NWA power or something like that. But of course that does free up a person like Marty Bell to potentially show up on, Prime Time Live 
or perhaps uh, Allison Kay showing back up. Any of those people, if you if you got to give Mister Pro- uh, Mr. Marquez props for one thing, and this is not blowing smoke up his ass because he's in the chat right now, uh, it's that. There has been a lot of cool talent pass through uh, the doors on Primetime Live. It's been kind of exciting to see all of the crossover between AEW, New Japan, uh, and uh, I just forgot every other promotion in the business. But, uh, but yeah, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Particularly women's wrestling, man. I mean, they, they, they are killing it uh, week after week. And this, was a, this show was a very solid show. Uh, from top to bottom, again, we we you know we rated our matches one to five, and even number five was very solid. Uh, but w- the thing that stands out to me about Primetime Live so far is just the showcasing of women talent. These women matches have consistently been the best out there week after week after week after week, uh, and tonight was no exception. And uh, you know, I'm a huge fan if for a lot of reasons, but that is a very major reason. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we, we always enjoy, we, this has been a lot of fun covering these and we've, we've gotten introduced to a lot of great talent. That'll be one of the best parts about this for me has been us doing these shows with, uh, UWN and now, and like mission pro It's like all of the talent that we're, um, we're seeing and, uh, Brian Rosa even, uh, you know, with a connection to, um, <clears throat> with a connection to Mission Pro Wrestling, he's even pointing out Primetime Live, give them credit, has not booked a bad women's match yet. That Those have been some of the... the most of them have been uh, standout. Like, the best... I, I would argue... They could be argued the best matches on the shows. It's It's yep. been amazing between Mission Pro and, and Primetime Live just how much great women's wrestling is out there. It's just... I, I don't know. It's outstanding. Apart from apart from Mission Pro, I mean, uh, you know, Dave Marquez and the group at United Wrestling Network has done the best job right now in the current wrestling landscape to uh, to promote, to forward, to elevate women's wrestling. Bar none, you cannot argue with it. If you're not, if you're arguing with it, then you're not watching wrestling. Okay, did I miss the ladies' title situation? I see you guys talking about this. So there, there is a women's title coming. I I, I watched this past week's championship wrestling from Hollywood, but maybe I missed, I guess I'm, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, uh, so I guess that's coming around the corner too. Um, you could see if, uh, Ooh, Brian Rose is saying primetime live ladies versus mission pro women. That'd be fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. Um, I also, uh, series. We would be remiss if we didn't mention Scooby pointing out that Hammerstone's on MLW tomorrow night. Dave, if you need somebody, I'm sure Hammerstone's available. You could get him in next week. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, been a, it's been a few weeks already. Pay attention. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I'm a, I'm a jackass. I hate when we get scolded by Dave, man. By Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I feel so guilty. It's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like Rob. Rob, I worked Rob, my whole life to please Dave Marquez. Rob, you dad, pay attention. I mean, Marquez, pay attention to me. You'll understand this is an educator, Rob. But it's like you know when you're teaching and then the principal walks in. <laughs> you're like, you got to clean it up and you got to get real, yeah, real <laughs> professional. They're on 300 TV stations. Yeah. If the, 
You got to straighten up. You got to get on your game with Marquez walks in the room. So it's a uh, woof. All right, folks. Well, uh, it's getting late over here on the East Coast. So if you guys have anything else you'd like to bring up, I did see our, our, our friend uh, uh, Craig. I think it was Craig. That, no, I'm sorry. Who was it that asked? Corey. Corey Richmond uh, did ask. He already we already spoke on it. He's asked a few times. What did we think of Rosa versus Snow on AEW Dart? We did talk about that at the top of the show, Corey. Uh, I think we're all fans of the match. Uh, wish it could have been longer, but. As Will pointed out, it wasn't even a title match anymore, so it just makes sense. It was just a, it was a quicker match. So um, once we post this up or afterwards, you can go back and see like more in depth thoughts on that. But we did, uh, we did cover that one pretty well, I think. All right, yeah, I'm actually watching it. It's on my TV right now because I started dark from the beginning again when we started the show just to have some background stuff, and it just so happens it's on right now. So it's it's just as good the second time. Holds up. So I was stoked. I mean, I have, I have no shame. Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. I, I, no, no, no. I was just saying it, the, the match aged well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say I, just two of my favorite women's wrestlers right now are uh, Lindsay Snow and Thunder Rosa. And this is a cool week that we get them twice, both of them twice in one week. It was a awesome timing that she showed up on AEW dark and on primetime live tonight. That was cool. I loved them. I, I, I was sitting here thinking about it since it got mentioned. I mean, just folks like, like I love Ruby Rays. I think Ruby Rays is awesome. And I have even more respect for her after tonight. Um, and uh, same with like uh, Lacey Ryan, who I've seen pop on primetime live and mission pro wrestling. I love her. She's so good, I think. And uh, so it's just, uh, anyway, it's exciting. Um to see all of this talent that we wouldn't have otherwise known. All right. Well, unless anybody's got anything else, will Rob anything, Rob, you want to tell people where they can find you if they want to talk to you about anything else? Yep. They can find me on all social medias at this is Dr. Stinson. I think you can see it. Boom. Right there. <laughs> you did a great job. I always mess that up. I'm always like, where? Um. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, I don't know how my hands work. <laughs> Will, where are you at? Hey, it's Will. Hey, it's Will. Well, hey, it's Will. Lucky guess, I guess. Yeah. All right. This is Gary Horde. That's me on everything. The show's at the NWA pod. Make sure that you check out our uh, online store at nwafam.com. You can go there for all kinds of cool merch. You can even buy us a beer if you just want to toss a couple of bucks our way. Uh, don't forget, uh, it's Christmas time. And your dad's balls need shaving. The manscaped.com. <laughs> you, you that one got Will. I like that. Code NWA pod gets you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, make sure you hit that like button. <laughs> I'm going to put that on our next our next NWA fam t-shirt. That's going to be the tagline. <laughs> it's Christmas time and your dad's balls need shaving. Piper, you said Piper's in bed, right? She is not. She doesn't doesn't watch our show. (laughs) I don't let her watch our show. That's smart. That's really smart, actually. That's a good idea. That'd be going off the rails. And it turns out when I'm just drinking water, it's worse than even when I just drink whiskey. So I don't know. Go back to the whiskey, man. I know. I gotta get I gotta get myself right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks to Mr. Marquez for showing up. We We love you, Marquez. 
I'm so happy that we can debate about wrestling. And if we can debate about wrestling, that's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, and, uh, it's not a debate, Rob. Marquez is right. <laughs> yeah. promotion, so you can call it a debate if you want to, but you're literally talking to the guy that owns the promotion. So what he <laughs> says is true. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, shout out to J Cal. Love, love that guy. Thanks for showing up, J Cal, the Alliance Wrestling. Willie Bowen, thanks for popping in there. Rosville, thank you so much for being here. Rock says Dave Scooby, Woodland Goblin, Corey Richmond. Brian Rosa, obviously, from Mission Pro Wrestling. We we love you, uh, <laughs> Front Row Santa. I saw Bobby shaving dad's balls underneath the Christmas tree last night. That is beautiful. That's it's a beautiful. way to go up here. Yeah, free T-shirt to whoever uh, records that song. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Honestly, it, it, it's stupid for us to be doing this uh, without all of you it means the world to us that you're you're here, this community, and we get to enjoy UWN Primetime live together. We'll see you live on Sunday for like three hours of wrestling talk about anything you want to. We just we just go at it on all the brands, all the news, everything. But until Sunday, I hope that you all, first of all, buy Manscaped for your dad's balls and enjoy your gravy cake. Oh! <laughs>